1: All right, Sean, we got a lot of mailbag questions and a little bit of time here, sir, because, you know, there's a lot of stuff that needs to get done around here, right? You know, we we, we do have jobs. We do have jobs. So let us work through some of these questions relatively quickly, but we'll, of course, give them the time that they deserve. First question, Sean, I'll go to you first. Wade Garrett said, this is early in the show, why can't our wide receivers ever get open? Every single throw is contested and requires a great catch. Are they not good enough to get open, poorly coached, bad scheme? What's the deal, Sean?
2: Wait, I've been hearing it all year. Unfortunately, my partner was able to be at the game this weekend. and was able to convey to me that this whole thing about Notre Dame wide receivers not being able to be open is a bunch of crock. Notre Dame receivers are wide open all day against BYU. His exact words. The wide receivers were open. He just wasn't looking at them. He was looking at 87. And by all means, as hot as that connection was on Saturday, I have no problems with the way he stared down 87. But yep. when you see two people or three people on them, it's time to adjust. So the, 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 I, I always felt like that was an unfair statement because so much of that is predicated upon pre-snap read and what you look at and what you see in the progression of the quarterback it really is so no we can go back to various games you guys look at the game film Notre Dame receivers have been open Mm -hmm. you guys talked about that against North Carolina like receivers were open
0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
3: If you love drinking coffee every morning, you have to check out Trade Coffee. Trade makes it super easy to get the best coffee delivered fresh from the finest local roasters around the country. Trade Coffee is a coffee subscription service that makes it so simple for you to discover new coffees and make your best cup of coffee at home every day. No fancy equipment required. Trade partners with the nation's top-rated independent roasters to send you coffee that they know you'll love, fresh to your home and on your preferred schedule. And you get to support small local businesses, which is a win-win. Whether you already know what you like or are new to specialty coffee and need some help, Trade makes it easy and convenient to discover new coffees. They'll send you ground coffee or whole beans for however you make coffee at home. My wife likes a dark roast with full flavor, and every brand we've tried has lived up to the billing. Whether it's the Big City Blend from Joe's Coffee, the Black Velvet from Atomic Coffee Roasters, or the Holmes Blend from Sparrows, every cup has not only had a pleasing aroma while brewing, but also a rich, full taste. So whether you're just getting started or a coffee aficionado, Looking to discover something new? Trade guarantees you'll love your first bag or they'll send you a new one for free. Upgrade your coffee today with Trade Coffee and let them take the guesswork out of finding your perfect cup. Right now, Trade is offering our listeners a total of $30 off your subscription plus free shipping at drinktrade.com irish. That's drinktrade.com irish for $30 off your subscription to the best coffees in the country. That's drinktrade.com slash Irish. Marshall, Sean, I was there.
1: I mean, Brayden Lindsey was open all day long. Well, Weren't well. hitting throws. There's one or two that Braden Lindsay should have had a better adjustment on. There's a lot of reason for it, Wade. There is. Yeah. I'll say this though. I don't think that I think wide receivers have been open in the first two games. I do. I do. I mean, there was Braden Lindsay was open against Ohio State deep. He had, oh, had multiple. Plays where he should have had long touchdowns against Marshall this past weekend, there were probably two or three times, maybe more that Lorenzo styles had uncovered pretty deep, right? Like there's guys are open. It's just, there are different reasons that it didn't happen. I mean, like Sean said, Michael Mayer was having just a dumb <laughs> day, right? So it's like, I'm going to hyper-focus on him a little bit. Yeah. So there's, yeah. but there's been some quarterback issues at times over the first few games. There's been some wide receiver concentration issues. There's been some scheme stuff. So the question to answer your question, I think it's a little bit of everything, Wade. But I do push back, and I know Sean did obviously push back as well. I don't think that it is just as simple as why receivers can't get open. I think that there's a reason that wire receivers have not been as effective or as productive as they can be. So we'll just leave it at that. Hopefully, it changes. We're, we're going to live in the future, not in the and not in the past. But we'll see what happens. They'll need them, though. No. Against Clemson, against USC, against some of the better teams that will be playing here in the new future, if you're Notre Dame, you'll need the wide receivers to start playing more impactful football. Yep. Great question, though. Great question. Mailbag question from USMA87. Coach Bayless gets a ton of praise as the strength and conditioning coach. Why does it look like we don't have conditioning? Defense looks gassed and did not play that many snaps. Sean, I, I don't. I mean, I don't think this is a Matt Bayless problem, right? Right. It was weird, though. Notre Dame only played 40-something plays, and the defense did look gassed at the time last game. It was weird to watch. It was a little weird. Now, this is
2: – North Carolina, let's take the last two games. I think sometimes we take lack of focus and just bad play as looking gassed. Like Gabriel Rubio getting smashed on that touchdown run had nothing to do with him being gassed. He just got he just got beat. He just got beat. And lack of focus and on the same play. I have no clue what JD Bertrand was doing. He took a full step to the right. The play is going this way. He took a full step this way. Before trying to correct himself. And of course, he gets eaten up by the block. So that has nothing to do with being gassed. That's just poor yeah. execution, poor focus. Bad communication not, on Saturday. T- bad, Saturday. Communication, bad communication, not getting lined up when they went tempo, all of that. Like has they look gassed because they struggle with tempo, right? Yeah. And so teams go to tempo, it's like, oh my god, the defense looks gas. No, they're confused. Yeah. They're confused and when, when, when at you're, some point.
1: When you're it's a great point. When you're confused and you don't trust what you see, you play yes. slow. And that can yes. look sluggish to yes. your point.
2: Yeah. Yep. And it's I don't think it has anything to do with strength and conditioning. It's just I agree. I agree. Yo, trust. Look, I had a chance to talk, which is funny. I had a chance to talk to Pete Bursich today. Mm-hmm and I just flat out asked him please give me the line back in 101 give it to me please and he said look man if you make a mistake make it 100 miles per hour that's it like, that's, don't give you all I mean. this, don't give me all of this thinking and no 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 read trust what you see and go and if you hit it wrong we can deal Shut with
1: that Sean when I when I when I coached that was the one thing I always told the guys because I was a defensive coach, right? So, like, yeah. you're going to be out of position. You're going to make bad reads. You're going to have a slow trigger at times. Yeah. Like, it's going to happen, right? If you're going to make a mistake, make it a fast one.
4: Yeah. That's
1: it. That's it, man. Yeah. Like, if you're going to make a mistake, make it a fast one. Yeah. To your point, trust what you see and go 100 miles an hour. And usually the good things happen. Even if you're out of position at times, usually you can make up for it, right? The worst thing that any player could ever do is to be confused and just kind of sit there. Right? Like, oh, I don't know what I'm looking at. And then you freeze and you don't move. (laughs) Like, that happens all the time, man. It is not, not, this is not a Notre Dame thing. This is a general, just football player thing. I've seen Mm -hmm. it countless times on the high school level, on the college level, even on the NFL. It happens where guys just don't know what they're doing and they just get stuck in mud. They don't know where they're going. Are they slow? No. It's nothing to do with speed. It's nothing to do with athleticism. It's just they don't know what they're looking at, man. Like, they're just confused. So I agree with you. Having a, a deep understanding of what is expected of you, what the expectations are, and what your job is makes guys play fast. There's a lot of players. I think of like Zach Thomas that used to play with the Miami Dolphins. right? I think of Scooby Wright that played at the University of Arizona. They were not fast players, no. but they were incredibly instinctive, and they knew yeah. their job, and they looked like they were running 100 miles an hour, even though they were not very great athletes.
2: That's, that's you, one that's of the things went. he said, knowing – What you're supposed to do, knowing what the opponent is trying to do, and your technique will make you play faster. He's like, like, you don't have to be the fastest guy, but if you do these things, you'll play faster. And right now, I don't care about the linebackers 40 times. They're playing slow. They're playing slow. And and Ryan, you're the draft guy. That's like processing, pre-snap not believing in what you see, it's like all of that comes into play. We consistently see one guy play with his hair on fire on Mm -hmm. film at that position. One. His name's Prince. (laughs) His name's Prince. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully things change. But at this point, you're a captain, you're a senior, and you're taking like false steps and like playing passively and in between.
3: Hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, yeah, Sean, it's 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 frustrating, man. Because I, I it was a, it was an interesting comment. It was an interesting comment during the show when someone asked if Maris was still injured, and I'm like, I don't think he, I don't think he looks slow. I think he's playing slow. Like that's different, man. That's much, much different. But interesting. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a good conversation piece, though. It's a good conversation piece. Let's go to this. Comment real quick from Irish Mojo 25. This was during what Bertrand Berry was still on the show. If you didn't hear that in the beginning of the show, we should sure go back and check out the interview with Bertrand Berry, former Notre Dame Great,
2: mm-hmm. former
1: Arizona Cardinal, 12-year pro said we should add Bertrand to IB Nation. Love the content. I agree, man. Let's get him on Irishbringtown.com. Bring him over. I would love Bertrand on IB Nation. Uh see someone CC Brian Driscoll on that comment. All right. And let's get let's get him over. Let's get him over. All right, Sean. So let's go to Chief Brody. This one was to me, but again, we'll we'll talk this one out. Hey Ryan, will the wide receivers get going this season or no? LOL. So I mean, we just talked about this, right, Sean? I think that I think that they'll have to, right? Like they'll be forced to. If they don't, then I think Notre Dame will lose a game or two more. Like that's just where it comes down to, right? Yeah. But so no, I think Notre Dame will need them to. Will they? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. I I again as a f- put on my fan goggles for a second, put on my fan hat. Notre Dame is going to need their wide receivers. They're going to need them, so I hope so, Chief. But I, I don't know. I don't know, man. I just don't know. Well,
2: based upon the previous question, if the trend the trend remains uh, stays uh, firm and holds on November fifth, uh, Notre Dame receivers will be running wide open because every other receiving core has been running wide open against Clemson. so that's if everything holds true to form receivers will be open against Clemson it's just a matter of pulling the trigger you know improving coaching coaching I'm going to take based upon what Marcus Freeman said today IB nation I'm going to follow his lead coach him if his pre-snap reads aren't right Coach him. It's not on the players; it's on us. That's what Marcus Freeman said. So I don't throw players under the bus. We have to coach better. Mm-hmm. So, guess mm-hmm. what? That quarterback position, in order to elevate the wide receivers, along with Chancey Stucky in the wide receiver room, they have to be coached better to get better in anticipation of that November schedule. So, really? yes, I think they've been going. And I think Jaden Thomas, great story that uh Don Merriweather tweeted out about mm-hmm. Jaden Thomas's mom being in tears. Yep. After he scored that touchdown. It just you know, you that's college football, man. You can't beat that stuff. You can't. No, you it's can't. Been, it's been a struggle for Jaden a little bit, right? During, it, it has. And I,
1: I also I also felt the same about Logan Diggs two games ago. Logan Diggs was having a rough start to the season, man. The last two games balling out. Good for him, balling man. Out.
2: Balling Good out, gaining him. confidence. You can see it. Him and Aldrick. Look, I heard people bring up the uh, photograph the running backs posted this weekend and how Jack uh, Jadarian Price is looking. And look. Did you this see that rock- picture? Did you yeah, see the I picture? <laughs> oh my
1: god! I'm not trying to fan girl over a uh, college <laughs> athlete here, man. But yeesh! In a yeah. picture that included Audric Estime, Jadarian right. Price
2: looked yoked, man. I'm like, yeah. what? Yeah. Can you, can you say he's had a lot of time to focus on his upper body? <laughs> yes, he has. <laughs> During his injury,
1: <laughs> Sean, he's he has not missed. He has not missed. Uh, chest and shoulders day man like he has no, not missed it not he's, been hit, he's been hitting his curls brother he's been hitting absolutely them. It's, it's crazy it's crazy jerry yeah if jadarion can hold that weight and still maintain the speed he has too man yeesh yeah. yeesh i can't wait to see can't wait to see all right great question though chief again we'll see we'll see Want to bring this one up, Sean? Because I don't know the answer to this, so I just wanted to bring it up for Zach because I saw he he questioned he had a question a couple of times. I don't know the answer to this one. It says Ryan, "What is the NFL equivalent to MLB's ten years of service where you receive pension, health care, etc." I'm not sure, Zach. If I'm being honest, right? I, I have a bunch of friends though that are NFL players or former players and scouts and you know, different things. So I, I'll get an answer for you though. So ask me this to me maybe next week and I will try to find a answer to this question.
2: So I want to if pull I'm it those If is, I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I believe the, I think it was lowered. It used to be eight years. Now I think it has been lowered for certain situations. And of course, you know, everything with head traumas and, and, and everything that's been talked about, I think it has been lowered to six And I know you can't start receiving your pension. I know this for sure. You have to be 35 to start receiving your pension. So, but yeah, dig deeper into it. But I think those are two things that I know for sure.
1: Yeah. And I see people saying four years of service. Again, like you might be right. I honestly, I have no idea. I have no idea. Back in the
2: day, it was really tough because I think it was at one point, it was like eight, which was crazy. Like I had to play eight years. In this game to yeah. get a pension. Yeah, but I the one thing I know for sure is that you can't start pulling from pension or receive one until you hit 35.
1: Makes sense. Makes sense. We had Irish Mojo twenty-five said where can I find that pick of the running backs? Go to Dylan McCullough's Twitter, Irish Mojo. He posted the picture I think two days ago. Maybe it was yeah. yesterday, can't remember. But yeah, it was a uh, it was after the victory. He posted a picture of the running back group. So Go take a look. It was a, uh, it was impressive, man. Again, like Chris Tyree is listed at 5'9", 197 pounds. Sean, if he's one hundred ninety seven pounds, then all these dudes are two fifteen plus, man. Like they all looked massive next to Chris Tyree. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So go take a look at that, um, Irish Mojo. I would go take a look at that. Yeah. Uh, so let's go to this question from Irish Blooded. I gotta ask because I really want to know. If you are a recruiting wide and I'm going to kick this one to you, Sean, to start this mm-hmm. conversation. If you are recruiting wide receiver right now, what is your selling point? Because, man, I want them here, but there isn't much to show them right now on the field. So, Sean, you're the coach. You are Chancey Stucky. You are Tommy Reese, whoever. What's your selling point to some of these talented receiver
2: recruits? Uh, first of all, we're going to remove Jason Garrett from the booth. That's what we're going to do. So, you're going to have to hear him talk about how wide receivers aren't used in Notre Dame. All right. That's the first thing. And then, secondly, the pitch is you're playing. Like, don't forget all of that stuff. You're playing.
1: Yeah.
2: And we're going to use you. You're playing and we're going to use you, and things are going to be different and evolve. Yes, we play the way we play now. Because that's the way we have to play to win games. Mm -hmm. When you get here, we won't have to play the same way. Now we can use you. And we can use you. And we can put you in this position. You're you're the answer. You're the answer to our problems.
1: Right, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, man, I just... I know it's just, you know, we're we're seeing a really talented wide receiver in the freshman class right now. that can't get on the field, Sean. So it's, it's frustrating, man. But I agree with you. I think that that has to be the selling point, right? It has to be. You're the answer. This is what we want to do. We mm-hmm. can't do it right now. But help us be a part of the solution to the problem, right? Yeah. So I, I think that that's the selling point. Great conversation. Great, great. Love it. Next question is going to go to Michael Johnson who said, does a game like BYU and Vegas bring some recruits back that were on the fence? This is interesting, Sean. So I'll say this, Michael. It's a very appealing game for a couple different reasons. One, playing in Vegas is cool, right? That's that's dope. The, the uniforms are dope. Those things will appeal to recruits. They won the football game. They are now have a three-game winning streak after starting the season off. Not a great note. Everything is trending in the right direction. Looks great. And we know that if you watch the last two football games and the Notre played, they should have won by more. Like, they outclassed these teams from a talent-level perspective, which is awesome to see. So There's a lot of good things. But in this direct instance, I don't know the answer to this one just because – <sighs> Look, if, if a Notre Dame recruit, let's say in the 2023 class, has been on the fence and has already said no, like I don't think there's any recruit right now that Notre Dame is in on that I would say is on the fence that isn't leaning towards Notre Dame. I would say it's either you're almost in or you're not in at all, right? So could it could it get a couple guys that are you know maybe we're kind of ruling out Notre Dame early and make it more appealing or close the door on a, on a recruit? Yeah, it can. But, again, I think we talk about this sometimes, right? And Brian brings it up all the time. One game does not really sway kids that heavily,
4: Mm. but
1: it can have an impact. I do agree with that. But I don't know in this instance if it's going to be, like, the difference between getting a kid and not getting a kid. Like, I don't know if I see that, Sean.
2: I agree with you. I think the full landscape as much because, you know, kids, they make their – I forget the actual date in December, but we know and about time. Yeah, the season will be done before kids make their decisions. So I think the full landscape of the season is far more important than one game, than one singular game. The performance against BYU was a really good performance. I think they can see the program moving forward and elevating, and I think they can start to see themselves – in that environment, if that makes sense, Ryan. It's not so much about the game, because the game and the outcome matters, but seeing what stood out to me, I'm watching ND media and their post-game stuff, and I'm watching the exuberance of holding stays and Tobias Merriweather. Now, we sit up here and talk about Tobias Merriweather, how he can be impacted, how he can be affected, and I see multiple clips of this kid, like, just on the sideline, totally into the game, smiles, jumping up and down with his fellow classmates. And it's like, okay, he's locked in. He might not, who wouldn't want to be on the field playing more? But he's bought in to the big picture. And so you you love to see that. And kids, they can see that and see the exuberance and say, yeah, they're three and two, but something's happening. Something's going on. I would love to be a part of that. And, like, at the end of the season, when they look at the total landscape, even with the flaws of the first two games, you'll have a pretty good picture that will be able to attract 23 kids that are making a final decision and even 24 kids. So, yeah, it's bigger than just BYU and Vegas, but that's a very important piece to the overall puzzle in recruiting. I agree. I
1: agree. We had a couple super chats that I missed one early and we just got another one. So let's go to Bailey, Brad. Thank you for the super chat, sir. Said, do you think with all these offensive weapons coming in in 2023, that next season is playoffs or bust? I think that every season should be playoffs yeah. or bust. If I'm being honest, like I do. Yeah. I mean, yeah. again, man, we talk about standards all the time, Sean, like uh-huh. Notre Dame should be competing for the playoffs every single year. That's what yeah. the standards should be. Yeah. But I mean, Bailey Brad I I would say this Brad uh, I think that 2023 I think you have a really good team coming back potentially like I think there's gonna be a lot of team a lot of players back I think the 2023 recruits coming in if a couple of them make an impact I think you should have a really good team in 2023 but I think that to answer your question every year is playoffs or bust for me it is it is
2: and it is in a sense for the fan base and for the program But I think this year is different, and I think when that moment was lost after the Marshall game, realistically, if they run the table, I mean, they'll have two top ten wins in November. So, I mean, if everything goes right, it's still an outside chance, even with that Marshall loss and the performance they put up against Ohio State when Ohio State is just running like a bull in a china shop through the Big Ten like their wide receivers are still running around on Michigan State. So when you look at that landscape, yo, I just don't think you look at Michael Mayer and the way he's playing as a captain, it's not a it's not a playoff or bus mentality for him. Like, and maybe he had to make an adjustment. But it's like, yeah, you want to make the heat, him, Foster, all of those guys came back to go to the playoff. So now they're faced with the adversity of. You know, does my mind go to the NFL, and I play selfishly, or do I stay by? Do I buy in to what Marcus Stringer is asking of us? And I think you're seeing that—that you know, it's it's bigger than just the seasons just being over. No, they're locked in, and you you have to be locked in for the team to continue to get better the way they have over the previous three weeks.
1: Sean, I saw a conversation in the chat about Michael Mayer. I, I missed where the first starting point happened. Someone basically was asking, though, you know, how long will you have Michael Mayer? Look, I, this is what I'll say, and then I want to bring up a, a a chat here that just I want to correct something about it. So Michael Mayer, I think, is going to play the whole season, right? Mm-hmm. If, if they make it to a bowl game that is like one of the lower end bowl games, it's not a playoff game, right? I imagine he might be a kid that says like I'm going to forego the bowl game because like yeah. what what does he have to gain in that situation right? But yeah. if Michael Mayer, if they do make a playoff run, let's say or whatever it is, but I, then I think he'll play. But my my thought process is I think that we'll see him for a full regular season barring injury. That's what I think. So also wanted to bring this up
2: if he actually played in the bowl game,
1: I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked either, just because of who he is. I would advise yeah. against it if I was uh, of so course. close to him. But of course. yes. I agree. I agree. Of course. But I, I wanted to bring this question up because it's just, there's something incorrect in here from Ed three who said, mayor needs to play every game. He can, he's got to compete with Brock Bowers for first round draft status. Teams don't normally take tight ends in the first round. They might not take more than one. Just wanted to correct this because Brock Bowers will not be in the 2023 NFL draft because he's he is only a sophomore. He's a true right. sophomore. You have to be three years out of high school. So Michael Mayer is the number one tight end in the 2023 class. Brock Bowers is not a part of the class. So just wanted to correct that little notes. I'm an NFL draft guy at Roots, so I had to uh, bring that up. Sorry. All right. And uh, we're going to go here now. Do we have any updates from Irish Mojo 25? Do we have any updates on new on Tishon Lyons? The only thing we've heard at this point, Irish Mojo, is – and I reported this a couple weeks ago – Mm -hmm. The end of October is what he has kind of always had in his books as far as making a decision. I don't anticipate any more visits happening. So I think Notre Dame's in a good spot, but you know, again, we have a few weeks here. There's a possibility it goes into November, but like I find it unlikely that it goes into November. I think this is probably a end of October situation. But last time I talked to Tayshawn, he also did say that if, if it's just, if he wakes up one day and it's just, easy decision for him he'll make the decision and he won't draw it out right so I think end of October is realistic could it go into November it's possible but I do think he wants to get this over with I do so that's kind of the update that we have with Tayshon Lyons not much there but I do expect a decision being made in within the next month or so so yeah all right we're going to go to this one Sean from Jonathan Gabrick If they and I want you to talk, I want you to talk about this. We just talked about running backs a little bit. If they get love, Jeremiah love, that's going to be probably a top three running back room in the country. He was talking about the 2023 season. Mm, Let's highlight it, Sean. let's, Let's let's set the table here. Ready? So in 2023, you could have back Chris Tyree, you could have back. Audrey Estame, you could have yeah. back Logan Diggs. You'll have yeah. Jadarian Price coming back from injury. Jabron Payne will be a part of this group. Then you'll have Jeremiah Love potentially if he commits yes. and Jaden Lamar. So it's pretty good, man.
0: It's pretty good.
2: Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, Travion is going to the draft, right, in your, in your estimation? If you just had to think about what Travion Henderson is going to do at the end of this year, you would pretty much think he would just go, right? Well, he's only a sophomore as well, so he can't declare. I do know why I thought this – oh, you're right. He was a true freshman last year. Well, yep. that, that changes everything because that superstar freshman got hurt at the beginning of the year, so he'll be back. Mayan Williams. I think, honestly, it still will be a battle – Alabama's gonna be number one. And is, I
1: wouldn't be surprised. Can I say this? I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if Mayan Williams enters the draft. Just saying. It's it's that's no insight information, but, but he's, he's a really good season. Yeah. He's having a really good season. It might ride yeah. the momentum. Yeah. Just yeah. want to throw that out yeah. there. Yep. You're right.
2: You're right. But yeah, Alabama's gonna be number one. Uh-huh. Running uh-huh. back room next year. It's not, it might not even be close. I don't keep it. The two guys they have coming in, the two guys they have stay. That's that's gonna be pretty good. That's gonna be pretty good. But yeah. Notre Dame, I, I can see Notre Dame being top three. I mean, I have to do we have to do some more digging and really look at who's going to be coming. And then transfers and all of that stuff, you know, coming in, in and out of programs. That's going to make an impact. But sure. By all means, yeah. This one, it definitely will be one of the best. Who's going to be the happiest positional coach next year? Right, that's, that's that's that's. Is it going to be Chancey Stucky or Dealing McCullough?
1: I think it's Dealing because you're going to have three like proven commodities potentially coming back. Right, like mm-hmm. you know Tyree can play if he comes back. You know, guess make a play.
2: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, Logan Diggs as long as he comes back and play. Like you have three proven commodities. Not even counting the fact, and we put this in on the Brian put this on, as an intel piece on the board back in the summer. Jadarian Price had a chance to play a lot of football this year, man. Having him come back, if he comes back healthy from the Achilles, you get a Jeremiah Love coming in, you get a Jade Lamar, you still have Jabron Payne. Like That is a stupidly talented running back room, man. Yeah. It really is. So, yeah, yeah he's – I, I I mean, because you'll have a lot of talent in the wide receiver room, but I don't think you'll have as many proven commodities as you have true. in the running back room. I mean, sure, that's my true. separator, in my opinion. And if we're going to
2: add, I mean, Harry probably is going to be – well, Harry is always has a little grumpiness to him, but, <laughs> but Harry's going to be pretty excited too. Yes. With those two tackles coming back, mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm. yeah,
2: mm-hmm. I know I would be excited like
1: – so a, a sleeper yeah. one. Someone mm-hmm. just put Mike Mickens in the chat, which is interesting, Sean. Because imagine if Cam Hart does go back. It's no guarantee, but imagine right. if he does go back. Right. You have, you have Benjamin Morrison. You have mm-hmm. Jaden Mickey. You have Clarence Lewis. You yeah. have the the twenty twenty two or twenty twenty one class, and then you have Micah Bell and Christian Gray coming in too. Yeah. Like,
2: oh, yeah. man, that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> <It's> pretty good. <laughs> He's gonna love his class, his his group as well. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. That's um, yeah. Those might be the three happiest, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That might be. I mean, defensive line wise, I feel like you'll always be happy. Linebackers has talent, but like, I mean, proven commodities in all three of those rooms. I think you're getting more excited yeah, with right. As a football junkie. I am excited to think about potential of the second year for mm-hmm. Blake Fisher and Joe Alt with Harry Heastan. Like, that's one where I just can't wait to see it, man. man. I can't wait to see it. Somebody's
2: pointing it. out Gerard Parker in, in the tight end room. Yeah, he's going to be happy because the guys he has now as freshmen are mm-hmm. really good. Short. Sure. Like, he's losing. Boy, he's losing one. He-
1: he's <laughs> losing one. Yeah, Jericho is losing one. Yeah, he is. He is losing one, but yeah, yep. It's uh exciting though, man. A lot of talent coming back to Notre Dame next year. Talent is not going to be an issue. Talent is not yep. going to be an issue. Question for Robert Bishop, Brian? Do you have a player con for Jeremiah Love, Sean? I want to hear one from you for this because uh, me and Brian have actually talked hmm. about this before. I kind of see a little Josh, At- Josh Adams as a running back in him. Brian saw really? a little CJ Procise with his versatility. Yeah, because I think I think Jeremiah is a one-cut kind of high-legged kid that, like, hits top gear and he's gone type, right? Yeah. But I do agree with Brian's comp with CJ Procise and the fact that he's, maybe, he's more flexible and a little quicker than a Josh Adams was. But I didn't know if you had any comps for Jeremiah Love that popped out to you.
2: My comp? With his – at his – I was about to say something, then I stopped myself because I was like, yo, I I don't know. He mm-hmm, mm-hmm, reminds boy. me of the, uh, he, he's a Tony Pollard type to me. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. He's a Tony Pollard type to me. Like, I some think jets. A big They're hit, yeah. yeah. Shifty, you know, downhill, can make a cut. But like you said, once he gets in the open, you know, that's all she wrote. So, I was thinking more along the lines of Tony Pollard initially when I thought about that, but then thinking about CJ and, you know, your comp, I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I can actually see both of those.
1: And we, we just had a follow-up from Robert Bush who said, is he as big as Josh Adams though? I mean, right now he's 6'1", 195, and I think he could be 215, 220 pretty easily. Like, yeah. I mean, so yeah. is he as big as Josh now? No. I mean, he's not, he's not as tall as Josh. Josh was like, Six one and a half and long legged, right? Yeah. Like Josh was a long running back, so it's not a perfect comp. I guess CJ ProSize body type makes a little more sense, but yeah, he's a little high legged, though. It's a little high legged. All right, um, Sean, let's go to this one. A lot of great questions today, man. Really is this question from Will E. Does Notre Dame have the money to be competitive while recruiting? Look at what AM is doing, Sean. I wanted to bring this one up because we just talked about Jeremiah Love. Right? That's
2: funny. <laughs> that last part is funny.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. Look at what AM is doing. Uh well, so I'll say this, ready? There's gonna be some there's gonna be some players where money means more than just about everything, right? And the money that an AM or an Oregon or whoever could throw at them is gonna be a difference maker, a decider, right? But we already talked about Jeremiah Love, who I will tell you is a big Texas A&M is a big player for him, right? And has been a big player for him. And we Mm -hmm. think that he's still leaning towards Notre Dame. So for some players, it could be a difference maker. For some, it isn't as much, right? And we'll have more in depth about that in the future. But for some, it just isn't. It really depends on who you are, where you come from, what your family's like. Like there's a lot of different factors that come into the NIL side of the conversation for me. And then also, Sean, I know what you're laughing about is that, Yes, A and M's giving money out, right? They're doing all that stuff, but they're not a good football team. <laughs> like they're just not—they're not very successful on the fields, right? And I mean, oh, I know man. they just took—they took Alabama to the wire, but like they're just an eight and four team every single year. Like, what is what is that talent giving them? Like, where's that taking them? I guess is my question, right? So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's anything you would to add to that, but yeah,
2: that's just my thoughts. Oh, you hit the nail on the head. That last part—just look. At, what are they doing? I'm confused. What are they doing? Because they don't yeah. do a darn thing with the talent they get. So, what are they doing exactly? Right, right.
1: Yeah, man, it's my, uh, it's my point, man. It's my point. So, uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, that's, that's it's funny. Yeah, it's really funny. It's really funny. And uh, I, I look forward to seeing if there is a ever a change with Jimbo or if there's another down year. I, I, w- I want to see if they maintain that 2022 recruiting class, the greatest in history. We'll see. We'll see. Here's a comp, Sean. Jonathan Gabrick said, and this was referring to Brandon Hillman when we were talking about him earlier in the podcast. He said he has some Shabro Peppers comp, in my opinion, can be used on both sides of the ball. That's interesting, Sean. Shabro yeah. is the same thing, man. He could play a little wildcat quarterback. He could play wide receiver in college. He started as a corner at Michigan early in his career, ends up as a safety. I don't quite think that that Brandon Hillman's quite as athletic as a Jabril Peppers, but versatility-wise, could do a lot of the same things. I don't hate it. I don't hate that comp.
2: No, I don't hate that comp at all. Man, we thought at the time Jabril was supposed to be like the next Charles Woodson.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: When he got to Michigan, I don't think he had the same explosive, you know, explosiveness or speed. But he was a good player. Don't that's not look, look, he was a pretty good player in Michigan. I'm not, I'm not shortchanging a kid. Yep. At all. But, you know, if yeah, Hillman he, he's,
1: could, turned, he's turned into a solid safety in the NFL, like he's not, yeah,
2: he's a good player. Yeah, he's yeah. a good player. You yeah. know, what the heck, if Hillman. Performs at the same level as Jabril Peppers did in Michigan. Well, yeah. Well, he's never
1: gonna be. He's never gonna be the returner that Jabril was, right? But yeah. like defensively, as like yeah. that hard hitting downhill safety with some yeah. with some range, like yeah, yeah cool. We'll I'm think- there. <laughs> I mean, would you have? Loved, I mean, honestly, though, wouldn't you have loved to see Jabril Peppers with how he played at Michigan, as, especially his last year? Wouldn't you have loved to see him as a rover in Notre Dame system? Like, jeez, oh, man, absolutely. woo. Absolutely. A little bit of a a. a Big nickel, but like, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, next question is Samuel from, from Adam Blair. Is Samuel and Pemba still visiting for Clemson? As far as we know, Adam, we haven't heard anything different. We haven't heard a cancellation. So as of now, we still expect Samuel and Pemba to be on campus. Don't feel great about where Notre Dame is with Samuel and Pemba. That's a different conversation, but uh, yeah, he's expected to be on campus. We'll see. All right, Sean. Uh, what's happening with cornerback Ellis Robinson, the fourth, this is from Brian, New York, uh, Brian, from everything I've heard, like, I just don't know if there's much interest on Ellis's part at this point. Right. So like, that's just kind of where it is. I, Notre Dame has a very talented cornerback group that they're, they're eyeing up, right. The, the, the likes of Kayla Beasley, Emilio Agard, Eli Bowen. There's a lot of really talented corners in the class, Mike Matthews. But as of right now, I just don't think that there's any traction there because I don't think Ellis is interesting if we're being honest, right? Some guys are just not going to be interested. It's not a good fit for them. So it's where we are. Sean, going to go with you and start this one. Milton fan said, hey, Ryan, Sean, I'm worried of losing some of the wide receivers to transfer due to to the lack of game time looks they are getting. Should we be worried, and why aren't they passing to the wide receivers? We talked about the wide receivers a bunch, Sean. I guess the, the, the question I'll kick to you, should we be worried about Notre Dame losing players at wide receiver with what we are seeing from a production level perspective?
2: I mean, it's Notre Dame. That's been an issue for the past 5 years. Notre Dame losing wide receivers via transfer. And the more you talent you add to the room, that's just part of the part of the game now. Guys are going to transfer trying to get on the field and get their reps. So, yeah, I'm sure you're going to – you will will continue to see, you know, why receivers make business decisions at Notre Dame. The thing about Notre Dame is most of those decisions won't come until year three or four Mm -hmm. because if you're going to commit to Notre Dame out of high school, you're not leaving until you get that degree or at least until you're on track to receive that degree and you could take classes online, but you want that degree. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, and this is far- interesting.
2: Sorry. I, no, no, you no. continue. Yeah. As far as why they aren't passing to the wide receivers. Like I think we talked about that. Yeah, we did. It's, it's a combination of a lot of things,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, mm-hmm. And um, there's really no blame. Right. You know, when I really think about it, just going back to how things started out with the transition from Buckminster Pine and the the cow game, like if you're trying to build confidence and build up to a certain point, there's only so many rooms you can have. Right. Like you lay the foundation on the first level. You have this many rooms. And then on the second level, you can add more rooms. And as you build and build, you can add more things. And and maybe, you know, now we saw um, the offense slowly build. We saw Michael Mayer have a breakout game. And maybe now we'll see, you know, in the next two or three weeks, the wide receivers, you know, have a breakout game collectively, you know, because that's just building from week to week. 100%, 100%.
1: 100%, 100%. I
2: wanted to bring up this
1: uh, this comp from Jay. I liked, like Sean. He said, I hope Love turns out to be Alvin Kamara or Darren McFadden. I like the Darren McFadden thing, man. That's interesting. Jay, I yeah. might steal that, sir. I might steal that. That's, Who that's
2: was the funny. other kid with him? Was that Ronnie Brown
1: yeah. that was with McFadden? No, that was uh, Cadillac Williams and Ronnie Brown. Cadillac Williams, yes. You're, you're, th- you're thinking of uh, Felix Jones that was with yes. Darren McFadden. Yes, yeah.
2: yes, good call,
1: good call. Yes. He's uh yeah Felix first both first round picks one by the Dallas Cowboys uh, of course McFadden got drafted by the Raiders so mm-hmm. yeah question from Jason Sexton Ryan could you see Hillman thrown in as a Wildcat option uh sure I mean yeah I mean I don't know how open the staff would be to a Wildcat quarterback but if they're I mean Brendan Hillman can certainly do some stuff with the ball in his hand so uh, sure sure yeah uh, no doubt all right let's get through a few more of these uh. With your chest said it's it's hard to say with your chest normally, right? Like you get that little like twang like with your chest. Uh it's a lot of fun in St. Louis with all these kids that are Notre Dame recruits. Just wanted to pop that up there because I agree. Notre Dame is doing a nice job over the last two cycles getting into the state of uh, state, into the city of St. Louis, into mm-hmm. some of the premier programs there. So agree completely. Want to throw it up to we are not Marshall, it said. Where do you, where do we stand with Sammy Brown? So I reported on this already. He was planning to most likely make the the trip during the Clemson game. He has been to Notre Dame now twice in the past, and he's getting come back. Where are they with Sammy Brown? He's going to be a tough pull out of the South, if I'm being honest, right? Like he's right in Georgia's backyard. I do think that there is legitimate interest. I do think that he's a very academically oriented kid, the linebacker out of Jefferson High School in Georgia. But I would say Notre Dame has a little bit of an outside chance, but it's going to be a tough pull, if I'm being completely honest. But he is very receptive to Notre Dame, and he does like Notre Dame. So that's where you start and get him on back on campus is a big step. So we'll see. As of now, though, I would say that Notre Dame is definitely not the leader for Sammy Brown, but we will see how things trend. Going to go to this one now. Aeneas Williams with your chest just said, Sean, from Hannibal, Missouri. Not too far away either. Yes, very talented running back in the 2024 class. You have him. You have Corey Smith out of the state of Wisconsin that's a really talented Mm -hmm. player. Nate Palmer out of Texas. There's a nice running back group also in the 2024 class. Aeneas Williams-Shaw was the one that uh, he had like eight touchdowns
2: like four weeks (laughs) ago. (laughs)
1: Whatever it was, just like ridiculous stuff, man. Ridiculous stuff. Yeah, I love Corey Smith's film. Oh man. Oh man. He uh he would be a huge pull out of he would be a huge pull out of Wisconsin, man. Yes. Absolutely huge pull out of Wisconsin. Sean, I, I I know we talked about this before, but Keith Wakeland wants to know where we think that Tayshawn Lyons might fit into this wide receiver group. So why don't we start with you, man? Like I think that we've talked about it, but let's go a little more in depth. How do you feel about what's your thoughts just on Tayshon Lyons and how he could potentially fit in twenty twenty four class twenty twenty three class? Excuse me, if Notre Dame is able to pull that one off. Hmm.
2: The more I watch film. Am I wrong saying he could be a John Mechie type? That's interesting. That's interesting.
1: I see Kevin Stefferson if we're going for a Notre Dame comp, but okay. John Mechie's interesting. It's interesting. I'm thinking
2: about the collective, right? And the closest uh-huh. thing to that was the the wide receiver group we saw at one time in Alabama, right? When you had Devontae Smith, you had Jalen Waddle that was the speedster. And Mechie was the young guy coming in behind those guys that was really good mm-hmm, mm-hmm. technician, like fast technician. He could really do, he could do everything. Yeah. and When I look at Tayshawn, I think like, yo, you, you, this kid can really play all over the field. Like he really can. He's not the guy I think. And Braylon reminds me of, Hmm. You know what? This is, I would, probably lean on you a little bit more being a, a draft <laughs> guy to see who's the Devontae Smith type <laughs> in that class. Just the speed, just go out there. Cause we, I know the high ceiling you have for Braylon. Yeah.
1: See what when I, when I think of Devontae, Devontae's is like technician, right? Mm-hmm. Like just crazy route runner releases. Like that's Jade Greathouse to me, right? Like that's Jade. Okay. okay and, I, and I think Devontae. I I was a
2: speed guy, yeah.
1: Yeah, Jalen Waddle's a yeah. speed. Devontae Adams was like, I'm pretty sure he ran like four, five, five coming out of Fresno State. Like, he wasn't a burner. He was just more like played fast because he was so technically refined, right? Like, okay, that's,
3: yeah.
1: yeah. Jalen Waddle, I mean, I guess it, it, a Jalen Waddle type would be Dylan Edwards, right? Like, with that dynamic yeah. speed, like, <laughs> just just yeah. stop, start, yeah. like, just dumb. Dumb, dumb, with dumb. Jefferson is a, uh, that's
2: a good comp. That's a good comp. Did somebody ask a question if someone compared to Will Fuller? Let me, I can answer that now. No.
1: Oh, yeah. Someone said Rico Flores to Will Fuller. I don't see that. Nah. Nah. Rico, Rico looks faster than he did last season. He's a really yeah, talented uh, player. But, like, Will Fuller was, like
4: – I know he wasn't one. as
1: fast coming out of Roman Catholic. Like He got a lot faster during his Notre Dame career. But, like, I just don't think they even play like each other. I don't know. I don't know.
3: But whatever.
1: I miss
2: disrespect to Rico is just
1: no Rico Rico is going to be a good football player for Notre Dame. Not a disrespectful thing at all. At all. We had a super chat here, Sean. I missed it earlier. My apologies to Scoob man. Thank you for the super chat with mayor out receivers, get more looks next year. He was just adding on to the conversation that why receivers will have to be trusted more moving forward. I don't disagree. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to have to supplement some of that production. Like it's not going to be, I, I love Eli Raridan. Love holding stays. Talented yeah. football players, right? But you can't expect them to be Michael Mayer next year, production wise. Like that's that's unrealistic, right? So mm-hmm. wide receivers will have to step up. You have to supplement some of those touches somewhere for sure. Running backs too, Catches the pass <laughs> yeah. next year. Yeah. yeah, you've seen that already. So, Sean, I'm going to ask you this one: If Micah Bell and Dylan Edwards step to the line, who wins in a in a sprint?
2: woof if I'm going strictly by time that yeah. we've heard I probably would lean Dylan Edwards really
3: I think so I would go like a bell
2: but this is why I said that Texas that Texas that Texas speed is is different yeah it's just it's just different Th- this way. this
1: is this is one of those, Sean, where like you are nitpicking right now, right? It's like mm-hmm. whoever wins this race is probably winning by a hair, <laughs> if we're being honest, right? Like it's. And this it's, it's will one be of-
2: one of those legendary stories that comes out. Yes. Like the race they had in spring camp in 2024. Like this is the type of competitive stuff that will yeah. probably end up happening that we'll about years down the line.
1: Throw in Chris Tyree, throw in Peyton Bowen. I want to yeah. see the race, man. I want to see no. it. I, I think Peyton, Peyton comes in last. Add so, Peyton
2: like, Bowen to it, yes. that's, that's a totally different story.
1: 100%. Yeah. 100%. So, yeah, I want to see uh, – I would love to see that race. We'd love to see that race. I think a legend to your points. I think mm-hmm. a legend. Boss and Domer said, any update on Jade Lamar? Jade Lamar was out in Vegas. She's at the game I'm in Vegas, yeah. Yep. Had a really good time. Look, he's going to take visits. Um, something that we thought could happen, but weren't hundred percent sure, but it is going to happen. So we'll, we'll see. I I, I don't, I, I don't have any reason to panic on it, but anytime a player's going to take visits, you have to watch, right. And observe. So we'll see, but I don't have any big update as far as like he's shutting down recruitment or anything like that. Like he's committed to Notre Dame. He's going to take visits. We'll see what happens as of right now. I'm not worried, but, you know, things can change. Things cannot change. We'll see what
2: happens. I mean, let's let's be honest with what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and I forgot someone wrote a great article when he committed that there was so much uncertainty surrounding the Washington program mm-hmm. that it kind of led to maybe expediting his commitment in the eyes of some local people and people that knew him because he's long he's been a long time husky fan growing up and he's he's been honest about that washington has come out and had a really good start to the season
1: not the last two games though but yeah keep
2: going yep. <laughs> but i think that you know kind of and starting to believe and you know in the program and you know Caleb the head coach out there and what he might bring and what the program could look like. I mean, you know, that's like your first love coming back around, you know, it's like, you never forget her. And so if he takes a visit, uh, you know, to Washington for a game or another local program in the PAC 12, it's like, heck, if he took a right now, if he took a visit to UCLA, it wouldn't shock. me. Yeah. the The way that offense is looking. So, no, it wouldn't shock me at all, you know, because mm-hmm. at heart, kids like, dude, we just talked to Bertrand Barry, Bertrand and he said, look, my eyes were fixated on Texas A&M, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and until I watched Notre Dame manhandle them, I was like, yo, okay, so. Right. It's perspective right there, man. It's perspective. Absolutely.
1: We're not talking about kids that just grew up Notre Dame fans, right? Like, these are right. kids that are making a, a decision for themselves. It's not an allegiance here. It's it's a decision. Right. So, Sean, this is an interesting one that I want to pull up. Ben Tarnowski said, Tommy Reese needs to make three phone calls this offseason. One to Cade McNamara. No. One to Tanner McKee. And one to no. Walker Howard. What do you all think?
2: No to all three.
1: To all three? Yeah. <laughs>
2: Okay, <laughs> there'll be there will be better options. K. McNamara is Drew Pine. We already got K. McNamara. In my I, I would
1: I would not be opposed to Tanner McKee if he became available. If I'm being honest, and Walker Howard to a degree, to a degree. You know what? I kind of definitely not K. McNamara though. We're on 100 on the same page with that one. I'm oh kidding. heck no,
2: Tanner McKee. I'm... I watched him. I was actually impressed with him and the tight end at the end of last year when they played Notre Dame. Benjamin, like, you're a stack. No, I was like, okay, yeah. these two kids. And then I watched Tanner McKee late in the game against Oregon State this past weekend, and I was like,
1: mm, he's, he's, all right. he, he's a statue. But in Tommy Reese's offense, I think he might be pretty solid player. Walker Howard's interesting.
2: It's he could be what
1: happens, but yeah.
2: Now, you just said that. If Tanner McKee ends up being, based upon what you said, putting him in this offense, yeah. if he's Jack Cone with this offensive line, okay, now we're talking a to total – okay, I'm in on that. Yeah. I'm in on that because if Jack if Jack Cone was able to play behind this offensive line this year, mm-hmm. he might have thrown for like 4,500.
3: Easy.
1: Yeah. Easy. I, I mean, look, so like my, my takeaways from these are K. McNamara. I'm good, man. Like he chose not to, he he decided to go against Notre Dame and there's limitations to him as a quarterback. Like, I just, yeah. I don't need it. I don't need that. Tanner McKee's interesting, bigger kid, mm-hmm. stronger arm than what you have on the roster for the most part. Again, not going to bring any much of a running threat to your team, but could he be better version of Jack Cone? It's possible. It's very yeah. possible. I think he has talent. Walker Howard's a young guy that I would take if it made sense. Like, but the you know the the guy that I keep coming back to, Sean, is if Jeff Sims from Georgia Tech goes into the portal, absolutely, man, it's my guy. That's my guy. Not absolutely. to just come in and just you're the starter, right? But to come and compete, yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. That's my guy. I know Brian, uh, Brian, and I, I think Brian Smith and Brian Driscoll have both talked about like, hey, if if Tyler Van Dyke ever became you know available, like maybe. I'm not as much on that one, but
2: no, yeah. he's so up and down to me, you know. But like you said, certain quarterbacks, Tommy's really good with certain type of quarterback, in my opinion. Yeah, you give Tommy you go, a right? type, his offense. Yeah. yeah, with his offensive line, yeah. There's no excuse for a Notre Dame quarterback. Who, whomever starts behind this offensive line next year, there's no excuse for them not to throw for 3500 minimum. Minimum. I agree. Minimum. That's the baseline. Minimum.
1: So uh,
2: Jay Henry just put put this in the chat. So Jeff
1: Sims would be nice, but I worry Tommy would ruin him. Jay, Georgia Tech's already ruining Jeff Sims, man. We can ruin him a little more. <laughs> just kidding, I mean, obviously,
2: Jay. But, they yeah. woke up the last two weeks, right?
1: Two straight wins since firing Jeff Collins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's interesting. It's weird. It's very, very strange. But very talented player, man. I-, I would love to see him in a good situation. That's all I just yeah. want to see with Jeff Sims. That's what yeah. I want to see. All right. Thank you for the question though. And Jay, thank you for the comments. We have Zach Martin says, Ryan, Sean, who's the best player you ever played against? That's interesting. Any sport? Yeah. Any sport. Yeah. That's an interesting question. Played against. Um, So I didn't play against anybody that was crazy. Mm-hmm. I played against Karan Pratt that played at Rutgers that played in the NFL for a few years with the Eagles. Uh, was mm-hmm. a pro- more of a practice squad guy, but yeah, that's that's the best I played against. I coached against Jonathan Taylor when he was at Salem. I coached against Kelvin Harmon when he was at uh, Palmyra High School and went to he went to NC State and got drafted as well. So there's a couple of guys that I've coached against, but the best I probably played against was Karan Pratt when he was at Palmyra.
2: That's a trio for me. Uh, it would be Cliff Floyd. Oh, baseball player? Cliff Floyd? Yeah. Okay. Cliff Floyd, this kid named Sean Livesley, who got drafted in the third round by the Astros, who played oh. at Simeon, and then Antoine Walker on the basketball court.
1: Oh, that Antoine Walker. That went to Kentucky. That's yeah, he,
2: he was a freshman in my senior year. Dude, and he was, was
1: nasty, like, man. He was like I six was eight, too. He's so, huge.
2: I'll never forget. Because you know, he was like number, oh man, this kid, number one freshman in the country. da 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 Big time. At that time, he was still growing. So at that time, he probably was legit like 6'6. But he was a big kid, stocky kid. I remember we played them in the first half, they were ranked, and I think we were down four. Now, this is funny because we played them in a Thanksgiving tournament. And at halftime, Donovan McNabb walked in with the Illinois State Championship trophy because they had just won the state championship earlier in the day. So they walked into halftime with the, with the trophy. Everybody went crazy, and then they came out second half and kind of blew us out. you know. But I left that game thinking like, oh, he's all right. And then the next thing you know, he turns into Antoine Walker. So, yeah, I'll probably choose Antoine Walker.
1: Man, Sean, funny story real quick. Ready? I have a friend. His name is Larry. He played on the mm-hmm. high school basketball team. Where I went to high school, football, we were pretty decent. Track, we were really good. Basketball, mm-hmm. we were not good at all. I didn't play. <laughs> I didn't play. Basketball team was bad, though. Like, they lost, like, I think almost every game for two-year mm-hmm. stretch. They were terrible. My buddy played. He was like a five seven guard, right? Like a shooting guard too, not a point guard. Like yeah. a shooting guard, five seven. Desmond Hubert played at North Carolina. Was more of a rotational player at North Carolina. Yeah. He he played at a Group One school here in New Jersey at New Egypt. Six okay. nine. He dunked on my boy and made the highlight tape, and it still is something that I play until this day. So yes, fantastic, <laughs> nice, fantastic, yes. Oh, man, good times, good times. Going to roll through a couple of these, and I have one question we want to knock out. Jeff Luke asks if I can do a Dream Class article for 2024. Absolutely, Jeff, just because you asked nicely, sir. could can do that for you. Ben Tarnowski asked, did Fosky's stock drop? Any possibility he could come back? Second part, no, I doubt it. I doubt that Isaiah Foskey's back for the 2023 season. Did his stock drop? No, I wouldn't say that, Ben. I would say that Isaiah Foskey hasn't risen. Right? Like he was viewed as a late first round type of player going into the season. I thought that he could vote himself into being a high first round pick. I don't think that that's happened, but I still think he's in the first round conversation based on the intel piece that I put out on IrishBreakdown.com, irishbreakdown.com to be exact. Last question, Sean, that we'll get to here. Might have to talk through this one for a minute. Lucas Desen says, Ryan and Sean, do you know for certain which commits are enrolling early? So let's work through the, the class real quick, okay? Mm-hmm. If Je- if Jeremiah Love is in the class, he will be enrolled early. I know yes. that one. Jaden Lamar, yes, will be enrolled early. Wide receivers wise, Jaden Greathouse is planning to enroll early, yes. Braylon James, yes. Rico Flores, most likely. Dylan Edwards, I'm not sure. Cooper Flanagan, most likely. Offensive line wise, the only guys I'm sure about – are Sullivan Absher and Sam Pendleton. I'm not sure if Charles Jagasaw is Sean. I don't know if you know that one. Yes, he is. Okay, he's a yes. Okay, so Charles is good. Yes, I've not talked to Joe Odding. I do not know if that one is is sure going to happen.
2: Drake defensive Bowen, line, Drake Bowen, Drake Bowen is knows.
1: a yes. Drake Bone's a yes. Okay, mm-hmm. Preston Zinter is a most likely. Still being determined. I think that one defensive line wise. Not sure about Bubakar. Devin Houston, I'm not sure about either. Brendan Vernon. Not I think,
2: sure. I, I think, think he must, is. he might be. I yeah, can't. I think I think Brennan from I know some this dude is like the most you talking about shut everything down. Like yes. once he's committed, he has shut everything down. It's like no need to talk. I'm committed. No need to say anything. I'm sending him my letter, and there's an opportunity that he will be coming in early.
1: Maybe there you go. There you go. And all right, so then the the all right. So then you said Drake Bowen, Jane Osbury will be in there, I believe. Mm-hmm. Last time I talked to him, he'll be enrolled early. Christian Gray.
2: It's still up in the air.
1: Still up in the air. Okay. I Micah Bell, I believe, will be because that kid is a genius. So he'll probably be enrolled early. To my knowledge, I know Adon Schuler is going to be the first player ever in his school's history to to in, to graduate early. So he will be an early enrollee, Adon Schuler for sure. Not sure about Peyton Bowen or Ben Minich, but yeah. So that's a little bit of an insight there. Great that's question, a, to Lucas. That's amazing.
2: I, I feel, that's feel a like lot, I, really, man.
1: I
4: need
2: to stand and give him a round of applause. That's in the history oh, of Adon. Yeah, yeah. I when, when I had Don Schuler
1: on the show, when when I had when I had him on the show, Sean, he was mm-hmm. he told he told me that his son will be the first ever in Irvington high school history to graduate early from high school. So yes, mm-hmm. shout out to Adon, man. Fantastic mm-hmm. stuff.
2: Very yeah, impressive is. stuff. I saw someone in the chat say something. I think there's something too that I didn't want to go into it. I yeah. think there is a problem with mentor and the way they handle things, but there is a desire. Yes. For yep. the player to enroll early. So
1: and I know someone just said, Rob, Rob, sorry, Ryan, great first name by the way, said we need to pin on the board early enrollments. I got you, sir. I got you. We'll make that happen. We'll make that happen. Sean, how great mailbag.
2: You, how, do block, how do you
1: block somebody from graduating early?
2: That's yeah, weird.
1: It's, it's stupid. It's dumb. It is dumb. Wanted to throw out this this quote or quote this, this comment from Jojo Pineda. Just said, "Great show, guys. Love having Bertrand Barry on and my former uh, and any former greats and and getting an insight like Sean and Ryan hosted him. Appreciate you, Jojo. Appreciate everyone for taking the time to join the show today. This is going to conclude the mailbag portion of today's recruiting hour. If you please, before you leave. Go back and listen to our interview with Bertram Berry. Go back and listen to our recruiting talk, the second segment. And if you missed part of the mailbag, go back and listen to that. Please like, share, hit that notification bell. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, any podcast platform you use. Five-star reviews are very much appreciated. Go to boards.irishbreakdown.com. Sign up for the message board. We have intel that we dropped earlier today about some of the visitors for the Irish this past weekend for the Shamrock series game. We'll also have you have throwing more visitors on the list here soon for the Stanford game coming up from Sean. I am Ryan. Thank you all again for joining the recruiting hour, a part of the Irish breakdown podcast.
4: mypatriotsupply.com